Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does God lead a three-time All-Ivy football player and member of the Brown University Athletic Hall of Fame to a successful 35-year career in financial services as a chartered life underwriter? This is the story of John Daniel. Why would he devote his time to coordinating one of the longest-running men's fellowship gatherings in Boston? He shares about God's transformation and his love for Christ. We pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Show is to share how the love of Jesus makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong. So strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried and rose again on the third day, offering God's hope. Hope that John Daniel knows so well. John Daniel is a 1984 graduate of Brown University and the American College of Financial Services, earning the Chartered Life Underwriter, CLU, designation. John began his life insurance career in 1986 and has been a respected industry leader, qualifying yearly for membership in the Million Dollar Roundtable. He's married to Kathy and resides in Wellesley with their six children and grandson. He serves in community ministry as a member of St. Paul's Parish in Wellesley. John, welcome to our show. Oh, thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. John, where did you grow up? Yeah, Danny. So, um, so I grew up in in Burlington, Vermont. <clears throat> I have an older brother and sister, and um, my father worked for the Episcopal Diocese of Vermont, and he was the business manager. And um, so he reported directly to the bishop. It was a a small organization, but he loved his work, and. Um, <clears throat> And so we went to we went to St. Paul's Church in in Burlington, and um, it was just I have fond memories of of going as a family and uh, my father. Um, I remember you know sometimes in church he'd pick me up and hold me so I could see the altar and just just really great great feeling. My you know my mother was raising raising us and it was just really. Um, really positive, uh, positive um, feelings. And uh, I was living the good life, Danny, <laughs> um, un- un- until it wasn't. And um, so... What happened? Well, my, my mother um, came from a, from a dysfunctional family. Um, she, she had three brothers that were, that were all alcoholics. And her mother was an alcoholic, my grandmother. And... Her her dad, my grandfather, was um, was unfortunately just not present when um, when his kids were growing up. He was a he, he was very successful in in his job, 
and um, that took him out of the house a lot. And then he was a wonderful golfer. And so he loved to work and he loved to golf. I think he had seven holes in one in his lifetime. And wow. yeah. And so, and so that was a lot of baggage that my mother brought into, into, you know, her life and her marriage. Um, so at age seven, when I was in the s- second grade, <clears throat> I came home from school one day. It was a half day, um, of school. The school was right down the street. So just, just a real short walk. I came home that day and I, um, I closed the door and my mother heard it and I heard her yell to me from upstairs. I, I could tell it was from upstairs. She said, she said, Johnny, Johnny, is that you? And there was a, there was tremor. There was a tremor in her voice. And, uh, I said, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I knew something was wrong. And then, and then she said, Johnny, don't come up here. Don't come upstairs. Now, I made, I made seven. <laughs> you know, of, co- of course I'm going to go up there. My mother's got a tremor in her voice. And so, so I go upstairs, Danny, and um, I, I go into the bedroom, and I, um, I witness something that no seven-year-old should ever witness. Nobody should at all. And um, she, had, she, had, she had some self-inflicted wounds. And I'll just say, I just want to say it was messy. That's all. And um, so she was kind of in consciousness and out of consciousness. But she said, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And then she said, go get help. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. Um, there was no 911 in those days. And, and so, um, so by God's providence, I, I, I ran outside uh, onto our front lawn. And my, my brother who was a sophomore in high school at that time, he was getting dropped off from school from one of his friends. And I ran up to him and I, I told him what was, what was happening. And um, he ran inside, surmised the situation quickly, came down, came outside, grabbed my hand, and we went across the street to the neighbor's house. And he talked to the neighbor and, 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 and they called the ambulance. And in, in, you know, in a short time, um, the ambulance was there and my brother and I are across the street watching my mother getting taken out on, on the stretcher. We, we didn't know if she was alive or, or dead. And, uh, well, it, it turns out that um, she did survive. We, we saved her life that day, my brother and I. Um, she did survive. She was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Um, she healed from her, from her physical wounds enough to come home, and uh, she got some mental, some psychological counseling as well. Um, and <clears throat> so... Then um, about a month after about a month, a month after she she came home, um, she called a family meeting, which was unusual. And my brother and sister and I, my father and my mother, and she announced that my uh, that my that she and my father were, go- were going to divorce. And I, I I don't think I even knew what that that word meant. I didn't I didn't know anybody was divorced. And um, all I knew is that my life was changing, and uh, wasn't really for the good. And so, so my mother sold the house in, in Burlington uh, sh- shortly after, and we moved to Concord, Mass., where my mother grew up. It was her hometown. Her father was there in the town. And so she, she was able to buy a house there. And um, um, it, was, it was hard. It was just difficult at that time. Um, she was working jobs. She worked um, as a hostess at a, at a restaurant. She worked as a store clerk, as a store clerk. 
Um, she was doing the best that she knew how, but it was difficult with you know no father in the house. And um, you know, God's plan is not for broken families. <clears throat> and um, and I remember saying to myself, when I get married, when I get married, I'm never I'm never going to get divorced. I saw the pain that that we were all going through and the struggles and. Um, so anyways, um, were you able to stay in touch with your dad? Yeah, he did the best he could. He, he he, stayed in Vermont. Yeah, he stayed in Vermont. He, he, um, he loved his job and, and, um, he, he did, he, he would come visit, you know, from time to time. It was a four hour drive and I would go there sometimes, take the bus and, you know, again, we, we, we did the best we could and they, they were amicable, but I mean, there was, it was just, it was just hard. Um, from that respect. And so, um, but, uh, but my brother, my brother played football and I used to go to the games and, um, and when I went to the games, you know, there was a band, there were cheerleaders, there was lots of fans. It was just fun. And I said, I, I just want to be part of this. And so my brother inspired me, um, to play football and, so in the seventh grade, I went out for the, I, you know, I went out for the seventh grade football team and the eighth grade football team, and um, I was on, I was on those teams for two years, seventh grade and eighth grade football team, and I, <laughs> I was just a little kid, Danny. I, I was small, uh, maybe 110 pounds. I wasn't very good, but <laughs> for two years, I, I practiced with the team, but I never played. I never played one, one play either, you know, either year, and. Um, did you get discouraged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I just I kept seeing my brother, and I want to be part. Of, I want to want to be successful at something, anything. Um, when we first moved to to Concord um, in the when I was in the third grade, I um, you know I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody, and you know, people bullied me. Um, I had had some ear problems. I had ear surgery, and. Um, after the surgery, I went back to school, but I had to have my head wrapped with a band, you know, headband, and I just looked funny, and it it was bad, and that went on for three or four years, and so, so I was, you know, trying to trying to be successful in something, but anyway, so um, at at the end of um, in the summer of my eighth uh, of going into my ninth grade year, uh, going into high school, my my mother announced to me um, in early August that she was going to get remarried. Um, and I, I didn't even know she was dating anybody, but she was going to remarry, um, or she was going to get remarried to this to this man that she had met, um, who lived in Rockport, Mass. Uh, my grandfather owned a, owned a home, a summer home in Rockport. And she had been there, and she met she met this person through that you know through through Rockport. So she she said we're, we're going to move there, um, we're going to leave where we are and move to Rockport. And at this time it was just me and her, my brother and sister had gone off to college. And so I remember saying to her, well, but they, they don't have a football team. And she said, well, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to play soccer then. <laughs> so I was, really, I was really down. She didn't realize how deeply you were falling in love with the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you weren't playing. That's I mean, true love, John Daniel. Yeah, I know. You're listening to John Daniel John was a three-time All-Ivy football player and graduated from Brown University in 1984. He's a member of the Brown University Athletic Hall of Fame. You might be asking, 
Well, how did he play football when he's leaving? His mother is taking him and the family away, and he's going to have to play soccer. Well, you're going to hear more about this story when we come back. John coordinates today the Thursday Men's Breakfast. You can find out more about the Thursday Men's Breakfast at thursdaymensbreakfast.org. Yes, it's about football. Yes, it's about family. Yes, it's about witnessing things that are indescribable and pain that fuels life. Where does God come in? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously beneath the barren sky Leave it to me James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. John Daniel coordinates the Thursday Men's Breakfast, one of Boston's longest-running men's fellowship gatherings. You can find out more at thursdaymensbreakfast.org. Before our break... John shared with us about a move. He was starting to play football, 7th, 8th grade. Although he hadn't had a chance to get on the field, he fell in love with the sport. But a sudden change. He needed to leave his home. And his mother says, you just have to play soccer. There's no football there. We ask, what happened? John, what happened? in that season of your life. So we sold our house and <clears throat> we moved into, into his place. This is about a week, well, no, no, four days before school started. And we're in his house. I'm in a foreign place in a foreign, you know, basically a foreign town. And I don't know this man. And so it, after about three days, it blew up, Danny. What, what, I, I, I was sleeping um, and my mother, my mother woke me up at midnight. And she was whispering. She said, she said, Johnny, Johnny, wake up. She said, gather whatever you can. Take whatever you can because we're leaving here. And we're never coming back. And even in the dim light, I could see her face was, was swollen. And um, she had bruises. So we're, we're quietly just tiptoeing out of the house. I looked into the bedroom 
and I saw her husband um, on the bed, passed out. And um, <clears throat> so two, two really good things happened after that. First is that we knocked on a, on, on our friend's, a friend in town's uh, door and uh, that my mother had knew, had, had met from, from Rockport. She had a friendship. And she was a single mother. She had five kids. And so, you know, there's no cell phones. There was nothing. We're just knocking on the door, you know, a little after midnight. And my mother's upset. And anyways, she, so she talks to this woman. And they, she has five children. Most of them have woken up at this point. Um, and they take us in for the night. And one of the kids lets me sleep in his bed. He goes to another. I mean, it was an incredible act of love, just pure love. And never, it just impacted me. Never forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. And the second thing that was incredible was that she had sold the house in Concord to a young couple, but it turns out that the financing for the house, the mortgage fell through. And so they reneged on the sale and we could go back in that house. So we were able to return back to our house. It was just, it was, it was really God's providence. You say God's providence. Now, of course, at that period of life, now your father was working for the Episcopalian Church. Were you aware of God at work? I mean, of course, you're saying yeah. it now, but back then, were you no, able to process? No, I, no, no, I wasn't. We weren't really church people after, after my parents split up. We might do a little Christmas and Easter, you know, kind of thing, but no, we weren't, and I was not aware at all of any of that. Um, and so we, we um, <clears throat> I re-enroll into high school. I'm in ninth grade and I go for football again. And I'm on the ninth grade football team. The dream is still alive. (laughs) Barely. It's halfway through the season of a freshman year and I still haven't played a play. Not a play. Now it's two and a half years and I'm thinking, I I, got to quit this like forever. I'm not going to do this. And um, so again, in God's providence, the assistant freshman football coach tells all the ninth grade boys that are not playing, you know, the weakest players on the team that aren't getting the game. He said, oh, it's your lucky day. Tomorrow, we're going to go back to the eighth graders. We're going to go back to the middle school. We're going to play the eighth graders in a scrimmage, and you guys are all going to play. <laughs> okay. I said, this is it. This is do or die for me. So I went, so we went back to the same field that I practiced on for two years, hadn't played, and I had a really good scrimmage. And the assistant coach went to the head coach of the freshman team and said, hey, this guy Daniels is not bad. We need to find a way to get him in. Oh. And so, so, uh, so anyways, I, so I played just enough in freshman year to get me to come back sophomore year, played JV. Uh, How did it feel when you finally got Yeah, it? Danny, it was, well, I was still tenuous, but, um, because I wasn't sure if the rug was going to be pulled out from underneath me or whatever, but, but it was good. And I, I was encouraged. I was bolstered. So junior year, I got to play varsity a little bit. Senior year, I started on the varsity and then I, um. I got, I got, and I thought I could play Division One. Okay, what position were you playing? I was a defensive. Well, I played, I played uh, offensive lineman, a ta- tackle in high school um, on offense and defense on the defensive line, and um, and I thought I could play a Division One level, but no one else thought I could, and so um, so I, anyways, I went, to, I, I took a postgraduate year uh, at, at a, uh, a prep school. And I got interest from Brown University, and, and, and I enrolled there. And, yeah, I had a good career, as you said, um, opened up with. And I, I was really lucky. And, 
it was it was an incredible experience. Um, and um, what did you study at Brown? Yeah, so I was um, I was a political science major, and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Opened my eyes up about um, the politics of 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 the of the country, and made me really curious in that. Um, and so, yeah, no, but uh, I had a good career. I even I even had a, a football career. I even had a, a, an offer for a tryout with the with the USFL. Remember the old remember. United States Football League? They're making a comeback now, and yes. I turned it down. But it, it it made my ego feel it made my ego feel good. Um, so what was interesting was that Brown Danny. Um, I was a sophomore, and f- freshman couldn't play on the varsity at that time. So the first time he could play in the varsity was as a sophomore, and so I beat out. I beat out um, in my position a senior who had who had not you know been waiting for two years to to, to play to start, and I beat him out, and I, I felt bad about that. I went up to him. His name was Jim. Um, in the hallway after practice, I said, "Jim, I, I'm I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I felt bad that I beat. I felt good for myself that I was starting, but I felt bad that I beat out." He said, "He said, he said, John. He said, No, you're better. Than, you're better than I am. You deserve it." He said, but, he said, but, would you be open to coming to a meeting with me and some other guys on the team, as well as some athletes, men and women athletes from uh, uh, other, other teams that get together and we have a Bible study and, um, and, and, and a discussion? Would you be interested in coming sometime? I said, sure. So I went, and I, I went a handful of times. It was... Um, it was Athletes in Action. It was, it's a crew ministry today mm-hmm. and uh, still exists. It's really strong. It's a great organization. And so, anyways, I went to that, and it was just this, this love in the room, this incredible love that I felt that I've never felt before. And so it's just a seed that was planted, but it was an incredible act of love for Jim to invite me to do that. I, I beat him out, and then he invites me to this meeting. And so... So I did that, uh, and that was really that was that was just awesome. I, I, um, I met I met my wife Kathy um, the first day of Brown, uh, the first day of school. We were in the same class together. We dated all four years and, and got married a year uh, after after Brown after college, and uh, and I went into the to life insurance business soon after that. Um, think um, we, we we bought a home. Um, how did you go into the life insurance business from a political science? Yeah, so that's a really major. good question. I had a, a really good friend in my town that helped me get that PG year. His name was Brian, and he was in the business and um, in in the life insurance business. And I went to talk to him, and he encouraged me to 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 consider it. And um, I, I was interested in sort of working for myself, and so he he guided me into it. And things were going really well. Danny was married, had a home. Um, I was I was I was back in the good life. I felt good, and uh, but you know, Danny, there's an old there's an old saying um, that um, there's two types of people in the world: those that are humble, and those that are about to be. <laughs> and, and, what, and I was about to be humbled for sure. So what what happened next was that um, was that I hired my mother to come work for me. I needed an administrative assistant. I needed some help, and so she came to work for me. Um, helping with some paperwork, and uh, and then one day um, <clears throat> she got she got a cough and uh, she said she said I don't feel well. She got sick and I took her to the hospital, and it turned out that she had lung cancer. 
And, uh, and she died nine months later at age 55. And um, that was very sad. Um, I had even purchased a life insurance policy on her life a few years earlier. I paid the premiums. I was a beneficiary. And it's just, and I paid the claim. It's just weird paying a claim on your own mother. <laughs> um, and so um, what happened is her death just brought all this emotional stuff up in my life, and it threw me in an emotional tailspin, really difficult, um, challenging time. And I tried to deal with it in a worldly way, Danny. Um, I didn't have any faith. I was ignorant on the, on the, on the, on the healing power of Jesus Christ. Um, my wife was incredible at the time. Uh, she was just loving me unconditionally, saying, oh, I just love you no matter what you do. I mean, I was having trouble getting out of bed, and she just, you know, loved me, loved on me, and kept loving me. And How old were you, John? Yeah, time? I was in my mid-20s at that time, and um, I say jokingly that my wife, um, she... She has, to have the, she has to have the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Samson, and, and the, uh, the patience of Job um, to be married to me. But um, she's, she was incredible and has been incredible all these years. But I was struggling for weeks and months with little progress. And I was at the point, Danny, sadly, where um, I thought for a few minutes that the, wor- the world would be better off without me. And, uh, and that's, that's when I heard... As audibly as I could, I don't. I don't know if it was you know, a voice or what, but that um, that no, I have bigger plans for you. You're listening to John Daniel. John shares about a, a desperate moment. Dear friend, are you at a place where you are at your wits' end and you don't know where to go or what to do, and you feel like you're dying on the inside? Well. The Lord sends John Daniel to remind you, I have better, bigger plans for you. Hang in there, dear friend. And more so, God is holding on to you. The Lord sends a word of hope, a word of encouragement to boost you up, to let you know that it is not the end. In fact, this is the start of a new beginning. If you're listening to the Good Life Radio Show, find out more about the Thursday Men's Breakfast at thursdaymensbreakfast.org. John, what did the Lord do? How did the Lord help you rebuild your life? I didn't, I didn't know what to do next. I, I, uh, I, I just I didn't know. I was, I was, but I called a friend of mine in Atlanta. Who I knew was a Christian. That's what I was going to ask. Some yeah. Friends. I mean, yeah. you're a football player. You know people. Yeah. Yeah. You're in business. You know people. So yep, who yep. did you reach Sharing out to? your feelings is the beginning of healing. And so I reached out to, to a friend, John Crawford, in Atlanta, who was a, a, a colleague of mine. We'd worked together. And I knew he was a Christian. He carried a Bible. He, um, he was open about his praying. And uh, just a wonderful guy. The most important thing was he, he, he always exhibited the fruits of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, faithfulness and generosity. He's just a wonderful guy. So I reached out to him and told him my story. And he said, okay, John, you need to do three things. Here's the three things you need to do. First of all, you need to, you need to get a Bible and you need to read it. You need to read the Bible cover to cover. And don't start, don't start in the beginning. Don't start in the book of Genesis. Start with the New Testament. Start, your name is John. Start with the book of John. And so I did that. And, and um, I read the Bible cover, co- cover to cover 
from John to Luke, and <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. And when I finished it, I just felt good. I felt really, really good, and I knew there was something there, and I wanted to go deeper. And so the second thing he said, well, yeah, I had a hope after that, but the second thing he said was, you need to, you need to find a church where Jesus Christ is alive. And, and, and that was you know, just incredible advice. And so my wife and I were really basically like practical atheists. We weren't, we weren't going to church either. And, um, and so, so uh, but the Holy Spirit was working through her really strongly, like, like he always has. And so we're, we're driving by a church in the town that we lived in. It was St. Mary's Parish. We're driving by the church dozens of times, but this time I, I, we're in the car. And, and I, we drove by, and I looked at her. I said, honey, I said, can we go in that church on Sunday? And she looked at me, and she said, like she has so many times in my life, yes. Yes. So we went into that church on that Sunday, and I, I met the pastor, um, and he was a wonderful, wonderful priest. And um, I signed up for adult catechism classes, and, um, and I, um, I came into full, you know, full communion of the church, and uh, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And... Um, it was a, it was an awesome profession, and I felt incredible doing that. And so, so that was that's when I that was when I made just so much progress, and 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 my uh, emotional state just improved dramatically, and everything improved. And so, the last piece of advice that John Crawford gave me was to find a group of men that you can share with and be open. And so, I didn't know where to turn for that, but there was another colleague of mine in the office, and. Um, and his and his name was Mike, and I just all I knew was that he was a Christian. He went to Gordon College, and um, so uh, I asked Mike. I said, "Do you know anything about a, a men's group?" I, I don't know why I said that. Right, the Holy Spirit led me to say that. And he said, "Well, I don't know about that." He said, "But what I do know is that the headmaster of my Christian high school called me up the other day and said that he calls a, a graduate a male." a guy graduate of, of our school once a year, and he invites him to go to this men's breakfast at the Union Club in Boston. And so, and, and he said, if you have a guest, bring a guest. If you have a friend, bring a friend. So I was the guy. And so that's when I found out about the Thursday men's breakfast. And that's the first time I attended in 1990 with Mike. And uh, those those men made, made me feel so welcomed, uh, similar to the, to the Athletes in Action meeting that I was in. I felt the love and, and the goodness there. And Danny, you've been to the breakfast, so you, you know what I you know. I know what you, I you, know what you mean. You, yeah, yeah. What did you feel the first time you, you went to that breakfast? Your friend is giving, Mike's giving, Mike, Mike's taking you, but your other friend is giving you such clear guidance. Yeah. Get, get the scriptures, yeah. find a church where Jesus... Is is there? Is, is life is resurrected? Life is present, and find a men's group. When you went to the men's breakfast, what did you, John Daniel? What did you feel? Yeah, I just I just felt um, this warmth and this love, and 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 I I felt like I wanted to go back because I wanted to learn more. There was a hunger in me, um, and and the guys that go there, you know, they're. They're interested in, in just deepening their friendship with, 
with Jesus Christ and Thursday men's breakfast. It's not a church. Um, it, it's just it's it's non-denominational men's of all, men of all faith coming together. Um, there's a speaker, a professional clergy, a pastor, a priest, and just sharing a message, an inspiring Christian teaching message that was so appealing to me, so interesting to me, and I was curious to learn more. And there was great, there's just great fellowship, meeting good people, um, men that are just trying to be better husbands and fathers and friends and learning how, trying to learn how to love their neighbors better. And so, yeah, that was, that was, that was it for me. And I just, I kind of got hooked and um, loved it. As you look back, as you see the hand of God, you know, you spoke about God's hand of grace on your life. John, as you look back through the things that you have gone through, and you think about Thanksgiving, praise to God, what are you thankful for? Oh, Danny, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that question. Yeah, I'm I'm just, <clears throat> I'm so thankful for my my wife, Kathy, she's been incredible. Um, she's less outspoken about her faith than I am. She's got a quiet confidence. Um, but the Holy Spirit has been working through her all these years to to minister to me, and she's just been the greatest influence in my life. And, of course, I'm, um, I'm grateful for my friend John that gave me that wonderful advice, and, and Brian, and all those people who just poured into me over those years that, that gave me a chance and in football, you know, when I had no chance, when I had no hope. And, uh, you know, I, I could comprise a list of dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have helped me. Um, but I come back to, you know, my faith in Jesus and just the healing power, the peace that, that he's brought to me through many, many challenges. Uh, it, has, it hasn't been easy, you know, raising six kids and um, keeping everything together and keeping a strong marriage and strong faith. I um, I kind of look at my life in five different areas. Um, you may have heard, or some of your listeners may have heard of this before, but uh, the five Fs, faith and family and friends and fitness and finances, the five Fs. And, um, and for, for me, the faith is number one. Um, and, um, and that's because it helps in all the other four areas be a better husband and father and friend and and um, inspires me to stay in shape and stay fit and and um, allows me to put my trust in Jesus Christ for my business. Um, you know, God owns my business. And every time I've struggled in some way professionally, um, God has always come through for me. Every single time, Danny. Every single time. And so... Um, but the world, you know, the world wants to invert that and put the finances first, the culture, and I understand that. Um, but for me, um, you know, reading the reading the Bible, praying, going to church, and and going to Thursday men's breakfast um, just helps keep those five Fs in the proper in the proper order for me. And um, you know, the guys at that breakfast, they're they're not. They're not working on um, on, on uh, resume virtues. They're working. They're working on legacy virtues, and 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 those guys, they're 
they're not sinless that go to that breakfast at all, but 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 at that breakfast we try to help each other sinless. Yeah. Sinless. Yeah. John, how did the breakfast start? Yeah, so um we're we're actually celebrating the forty it's a forty fifth year of existence. We're having a a, a COVID delayed fortieth anniversary party soon, Danny, but um Joe Cunningham was um the guy who kept the breakfast going, um, it had started somewhere else. He moved it to the Union Club. He supported it financially for many, many years. Just you know, by himself, just with all you know, all his energy, all his heart, and all his, all his soul, he kept it going. And um, and so it's so it's we think it's the longest running continuous weekly men's fellowship breakfast breakfast in Boston. Uh, it's every week continuously for 43 years. Something good has to be happening if, if for that to occur. And um, we have now probably half the attendees are under age 40. We have a, a, a great group of young guys. Um, I've taken over the last couple years. And, um, and we have a mentorship program as well to connect some of the younger and older guys with, with uh, help with their, with their jobs or vocations, whatever they're doing. Mentorship is good. And it's just it's um it's a real it's a presence that you can't get somewhere else. It's it's just a uniqueness to it. And so it meets every Thursday uh, at the Union Club. It's not part of the Union Club. It just meets there. You don't. There's no membership. There's no um, you know you don't have to join anything. Just anybody can come. And first timers are actually free, um, so they can check it out. It's really a good hearty breakfast that the Union Club serves. And seven thirty, eight thirty on. On Thursday mornings. ThursdayMensBreakfast.org. Yeah. At the Thursday Men's Breakfast, there are all seasons and a beautiful view for all seasons of life. When we come back from our break, John Daniel will speak to us about, about mentors. He's mentioned mentors there at the breakfast, a mentorship program. Who were his mentors? How did God shape him to be a a learner, one who grows, one who serves, who serves beyond his family, beyond the community, who serves people broadly? More with John Daniel, ThursdayMensBreakfast.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, You will receive a letter updating you on some of the -the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life 
with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Thanks for being with us today. We're talking about mentors and how God used mentors in John Daniel's life. Who would you say mentored you? Uh, my brother, Lee, has been just a real hero of mine through the years. And if it weren't for him, I, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have played football at all. And I just love him so much. And, but my high school football coach, his name was Al Robichaud. And uh, Coach Robichaud was, um, was, was, was the kindest guy I've ever known, the nicest person. So kind and so loving. Um, he was, you know, the opposite of the stereotype of a screaming coach. He was just so loving and and kind, and um, he influenced me really significantly in my life and um, taught me that, you know, you you could you could be successful and just be a really nice person. He was a teacher of mine in high school. He was my coach. He inspired me in the locker room. And um, I, just, I, I kept up a really good friendship with him for 40 years until he died just a couple of years ago. We would go to lunch and just a wonderful, wonderful man and uh, father-like figure for me. And, um, yeah, and I mentioned my grandfather. Um, for me, he was, he was there for, uh, for me many, many times. He helped raise me and just a wonderful, uh, you know, person. Um, Joe Cunningham's been a credible mentor and friend for uh, since 1990 as well. And my sister Sarah was a great encourager for me throughout throughout the years. She always always was there for me. Um, and then my father-in-law, Dick Carolyn, uh, was a um, a wonderful friend and mentor. Um, he um, He's gone on to be with the Lord about about a year ago now, but he um, had tremendous positive influence on me. Uh, you know, I had a leg up on <laughs> because he he went to Brown and he played he played football at Brown as well. Uh, but you know, I I came to his family through his through his daughter Kathy um, with with a lot of baggage, and he was never judgmental. He was just kind and loving and supportive, and he just taught me so many things personally and professionally, and I'm eternally grateful. Your father? He was, he's really the most humble, humble guy I've ever met. He was, um, you know, he, he loved the Lord. He was simple in his life. He wasn't extravagant in anything. He could be satisfied and happy with almost nothing, and... Um, you know, he stayed involved, as I mentioned, as much as he could in our lives and was really a wonderful father from a distance. Just lots and lots of people poured into me. And now I'm at the point where I really just I want to I want to give back. And you are pouring into others. Raise the beautiful family. Pouring into others, setting up the mentorship program at the Thursday men's breakfast. As you look ahead. There is hope. As you look back, there are lessons. What have you learned as a father 
as a business leader. Someone today might be in a tough moment, a struggling period within their business. They may need to make some tough decisions. Maybe they're seeing consequences of decisions made in the past. It's a teaching moment for them. Their hearts are open. Maybe they're being humbled. A word to a parent, a father, a word to a business leader, a word to someone who's going through a tough time today. Yeah, well, I've been, I I know I've been there, and um, and so um, if 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 you don't have faith, if you don't know about the Bible and and aren't reading it, my encouragement is is to is to get into the Bible and do some reading. It's the greatest selling book of all time in the history of the world. There must be some reason for that. And like my friend John said, start in the New Testament, and um, there's so many exciting, interesting. Um, moments in, 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 in the Bible that can come alive for you if you, if you marinate on God's Word. Um, and, and prayer, it's just, I know it's hard for people to understand, but prayer is so powerful, and prayer works. And um, not just in the tough times, but in the good times too when we, when we give gratitude to God for our blessings. And so, you know, God, He, he asks us, um, he, he asks us to take inspired action. You know, um, he will help us, but he requires that we take action. So it's hard sometimes to put one foot in front of another. I know when I was when I was struggling in in my early days in football, I I, I had no idea what, what you know what would happen next. But I just persevered, and and I believe that with with God. Um, with God, you, you and, and you and with you taking uh, someone taking inspired action, then you'll get to where you want to go. I really believe that, Danny. I'd like for you to pray, John. Pray for someone who's going through a tough time. And then after the prayer, I want to ask you another question that will take us back. I think it'll distill more, hopefully. Uh, through your life experience. But could you pray for someone who's going through that tough time right now? Sure, Danny. Yeah. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks, Lord, for um, for this time together, for for all the goodness that you bring to all of us, that we, just by breathing and being alive, Lord, we're uh, in a place where we can feel gratitude. Uh, for being on this earth, you give us everything. You're the you're the giver of all good gifts, and we thank you for that. And <clears throat> we just pray your Holy Spirit upon those that are struggling right now, Lord, that you'll you'll bring them hope. You'll bring someone into their life or something, some circumstance, uh, Lord, that will give them more hope to move forward, just like you did with me in so many different times in my life. Uh, when I was struggling. And so we ask that your Holy Spirit will come upon those that are struggling, that they'll reach out to you in in hope uh, and that you'll answer their prayer. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You talked about prayer. I've had the privilege. I mean, we prayed together just now. I've had the privilege of praying with you. John, how did you learn about the vitality of prayer? Yeah, Danny. Um, there's times <clears throat> when I feel like a prayer has been answered directly, 
um, from God through somebody or some circumstance. But then there's dry times too. There's times when you pray and you pray and you pray and nothing happens. We don't know why. It's a mystery. And um, it makes it challenging sometimes because we, you know, we, 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 we want from a worldly perspective, we want our prayer to be answered. God sometimes doesn't answer it, but it's always for our good. When we look back, it's always for our good. Somehow, some way, the mystery of God is working in our lives to give us what we, what we need, not what we want. And that's, that's what I found in my life. And, and, um, and uh, I, just, I just have to put trust in him. It has, that, 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 that's been the key for me, putting, putting all my trust and all my faith and all my hope. And is that easy? No, it's hard. We cling to worldly things. I do, you do, everybody does. It's our human nature, our sinful, fallen nature. But today, now, God is calling us to put our faith in him. And that really is an encouragement, a challenge really, but a gentle challenge, a gentle encouragement. Maybe in the tenor of Al Robichaud. In his gentle way. Mm. Your football, I keep going back to it because I'm I'm struck by it. Because of the start, so many years of not playing, one could easily have been discouraged and just say, well, this is not for me. At what point did you, because you said you believed you could play D1, mm. even when others didn't think you could mm. do it. Mm. Where did that, Emerge. At what point did you say, you know, not only am I waiting for others to tell me, but it goes beyond that. I believe that there is something special here, and I want to pursue that. When did you begin to believe that uh, whether or not you could say it was a gift given by God at that time in your life? I think you'd look back and you say yes now. But where did that emerge, that confidence emerge? Yeah, I was I was just really hungry, as I said earlier, to be successful in something. And um, I worked at it, Danny. I took inspired action. I mean, once I realized I, you know, I got a foothold there at the end of my freshman year, I mean, I was working out twice a day on my own. I was motivated. I was hungry. And I wanted to succeed in, in, you know, in, 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 in the sport. And so I gave it everything I had. I was undersized, but I was a hard worker. I was going to out-hustle everybody, and, and, and that's what I did. Uh, and, and so, um, yeah, I have letters. I still have them that, you know, in files that say, you're too small to play Division One football. You will not play. Um, good luck finding, you know, the right level, but this isn't it. And, um, you kept those letters as a part oh, yeah, of motivation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at some level I had a chip on my shoulder, but it but it worked it worked good it was positive people might look you know the, the scriptures even tell us you know, men look at the outward appearance but but god looks at the heart mm. would you would you say that your experiences early on in life the things you described when you were 7 years old the things that happened when you moved to concord mm. did did that fuel 
did that create a burning passion in you that's beyond what someone who might not even have experienced that? It, something was instilled in you through mm. that, John. Yeah, Danny, yeah, it's, it's interesting to say that. There, there was purpose in the pain, and and God always has purpose in the pain if we look for it. And when you're going through it, when you're in the weeds, you don't want it, you don't think there's purpose, but there is if you look for it. In every adversity, there is the seed of equal or greater benefit if you look for it. And so, yeah, I mean, looking back, all those times of God's providence, I wasn't aware, but there's so many things that could have happened in my life that would have changed the direction of it, and I'm so glad it didn't because I'm so thankful for the way it came out that um, that I'm so, you know, thanking God every day for what I have, and it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. I have plenty of challenges. My family has plenty of challenges. I wasn't a perfect parent by any means. Um, and but but I've done the best that I could, and with God's grace and goodness, um, I think we we my wife and I have done a done a good job. Your favorite scripture verse? Do you have one? Yeah, it would it would be it would be something I'm striving for. It would be the fruits of the spirit, Galatians five, um, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generosity and self control. Um, you know, I um, if you ask my kids, they say I could I could use a lot, <laughs> I could I could make a lot of progress in a lot of those areas. So um, so I try to keep that in the forefront of my mind and and just the kindness, the kindness. That's that's a huge mantra of my wife's, and that I'm trying to uh, um, you know adopt more of it. Just be more kind and loving. John, you have extended kindness. You have extended kindness to me to my family, to our ministry. We are grateful. You are one who extends kindness in the name of Christ to so many others, known and unknown. The, 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 the giving and loving heart and spirit. I've, as I said, I've appreciated praying with you. I appreciate your friendship and your leadership that has extended all these years to so, so many people. May the Lord continue to bless you, John Daniel, and uh, the fruit of the Spirit. May they emerge in you and through you. In closing, John, may I pray, Father, a blessing is what I pray over dear John Daniel. You have raised this man up for such a time as this. Guard him, protect him, overflow through him. And may the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, the power of Christ, the sweetness of the character of Christ live through him in increased measure day by day. And may the fruit of the Spirit pour out all to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. John, thank you for being with us today. Greatly appreciate you. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Appreciate you. Encouraging words from John Daniel, ThursdayMensBreakfast.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect. There's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And look, if you haven't done so, hey, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart 
to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps. Find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, major podcast platforms. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to John Daniel, ThursdayMensBreakfast.org. Until next time, along with my producer and creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.